and weird i'm here today with ambra whose pronouns are they them ambra is a queer intuitive witch and certified life coach supporting folks who care about social change to prevent and heal from burnout with anti-capitalist and elemental well-being their practices are rooted in italian folk magic encouraging self-discovery and tailored approaches to self and collective care Prior to tarot coaching, Ambra worked in campaigning and communication in the not-for-profit world for over a decade. They deeply care about changing and disrupting the patterns of burnout that still exist and permeate in activist spaces with intuitive strategies that help personal as well as collective and systemic change happen. Hello, welcome. Hey, Rin. so happy to be here. I'm yeah, I'm here. pretty excited. We've actually worked together a couple of times doing some Instagram lives talking about self-care and like working around like self-acceptance and things like that so I'm really excited you're here I think the work that you do like there needs to be like 50 more of you like people just like (laughs) telling people like please let's redefine self-care let's not get burnt out so I love that (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy to be here and I totally agree. Yes, let's be more and more <laughs> people talking about this 100%. Yeah. So I definitely want to focus on like redefining self-care today and like how we can unlearn and like work better with ourselves. So I'm curious, like if you have like your own definition for what self-care even is. Yeah. Um, I think like it changes a little bit all the time. There are like some, some things that like are, are at the root of it, I guess. And so they're always going to be there. Um, but I know the self-care, what, like what it looks like and what it means to me can like evolve over time. And it's something that is like part of the approach that I have to this and that I kind of, yeah, kind of offer to people I work with as well. So to me, like, like as, as one of the root kind of meaning for me is like anything that I do with like caring intention uh, towards myself and like others as well. So it's like, yeah, anything that comes under that umbrella. So it can be like absolutely so many different things uh, that go well beyond like what might be the first kind of um images or you know activities that we think about so it goes beyond like you know resting Uh or doing kind of self-soothing or pampering activities it's also like you know some other things that are quite challenging like you know like setting boundaries or like having difficult conversations maybe ending certain relationships all those things for me our self-care and that's why I kind of say that it comes under this umbrella of like it's something that I do with a caring intention towards myself and in a way it's like yeah it's um, it's a way for me to kind of show love towards myself and towards others as well I guess because I guess yeah the next the next point I wanted to make is that for me self-care is also meaning um, collective care so I don't see them like kind of separate, like um, they're coming together <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. Um, and that is because like, even though like a lot of these things that you might be doing for yourself are again, self-focused, it doesn't mean that you're doing them on your own or that you're doing them only for your own benefit. And that's yeah, why I kind of go back to this. This is like a, something I do with caring intention towards myself and others as well. Um, so yeah, I would say like to the, 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 those roots that I was talking about, one is like kind of self-love and one is, uh, around, yeah, showing care with intention towards myself and other people and like how community comes in the picture of self-care and how we help each other and support each other doing those things that maybe we are taught we are supposed to 
do by ourselves. Um, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I, <laughs> I feel like I am hyper aware of this more so now. And I think it, I love that you're saying like, it's just, it's not one definition because I feel like we are kind of taught that self, especially like in capitalism, it's like self-care is like buying a like pampering thing or like doing a spa day, you know? And I think it really limits people for what they think self-care is. And also like everyone is different. And like, I love how you're like, it's always changing for me. It can be one thing one day or one thing for somebody else. And I think that kind of open-ended definition leaves that space for people to discover what works for them what feels good for them what feels restorative and not letting them know like it's okay if it changes over time um yeah yeah, I think there's there's like so so many capitalist ideals around self-care um and I also really like that you talked about community I think that you know I live in America so it's like very westernized like individualistic I think that that part is like really just left out of the equation. Like Mm -hmm. I saw this, um, this video recently that I shared on my Instagram and this person was basically saying like, if you, um, if your spiritual practice doesn't have like a root or reason for something like outside of yourself, then it's, then it's not spiritual practice. It's just self-help. And I was like, oh, like this makes sense. You know, like so many people are really preaching spirituality as self-help when it's like there's community. It needs to like think like, how are we repairing? How are we restoring? Who else are we thinking of? So I like that you also like, I love the synchronicities in my life always happen that way. It's like, I saw that video and then you're saying this, right? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. I love that you mentioned like community plays a part in self-care and we don't have to like do it on our own and figure it out on our own or um, we can help other people and that's restorative too. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I think that like already, I mean, there is different levels of this. Like there is, you know, depending on like uh, your needs, like you might need different levels of support. Um, and at the same time, there are so many things that we are doing by ourselves with the support of others with like kind of like not realizing that. <laughs> that is happening but like you know maybe you have some people very close to you that like you know give you some encouragement around certain things or like remind you of something and I count that as like I'm being supported in doing this for myself you know so there is like yeah different levels as to how others are helping um, each of us kind of uh, practicing self-care and also how we then support others people are helping us actually all the time with our individual practices and we are also doing that uh, and there are of course different levels of doing this um, but it's already happening and it happens all the time whether it's like you know your therapist or like people in your life um, most of those things you're not actually doing fully on your own and that's um, I think actually that's really beautiful to see like the connection and the interconnection that exists and how yeah, as you said, it's not about self-help necessarily. It's like how we are all supporting each other um, and how those things are also helping the communities that you're interacting with. Yeah, and I love that too, where it's like a lot of the time when we feel isolated or we feel like we're doing it all on our own, sometimes it's just like a, a conception in our head and how you're you're challenging people like to realize like no this person providing advice for you is like you getting support like you are doing like self-care for yourself when you do your therapy every week you know like really trying to broaden the scope of like what care looks Mm -hmm. like and broaden the scope of recognizing like what support can look like too yeah and I think that like just connecting to what you're saying like we are we are pushed to think of self-care as an individualistic practice because it's (laughs) convenient um, to be thinking about it in that way. And I think that often because of that, it ends up feeling or like being seen as like yet another thing that I'm supposed to like succeed at or like be doing in a specific way or like something that I have to add 
on my already like challenging and difficult life. And if I don't, or if I don't keep this up, then I am failing at this. So like, I'm not doing well. Uh, I think that there is a, a lot that comes from, from this feeling like you have to do it on your own. Like, oh, if, and if I don't, then it's on me. And like, I'm not saying that you, you know, we, we of course have a responsibility to look after ourselves and each other, but it's, it's just not, I, I always like encourage people to already look when they, when they feel like, um, oh, I feel like I'm not doing this. And like, I've stopped doing all these things that were feeling supportive for me. And like, I don't find the time for X, Y, and Z before like even looking at how to make some shifts there. I'm like, okay, but let's like look at the things that you're already doing. Cause I'm sure that you're doing lots of stuff. And, and like, you know, what self-care looks like in terms of like the amount of things that we do <laughs> it, it's again it changes uh widely in terms of like what you need and what's good enough it, yeah. it's what you have the capacity to do rather than yeah self-care becoming again another thing that we have to be successful or um you know productive with in a way yeah I was like feeling that really <laughs> that was sitting home for me when you were saying that yeah I definitely see that like this needs to be another thing an area of my life that I now have to succeed at and if I can't manage my own self-care my own mental health my my own emotional well-being then I'm a failure because we only see like other people from the outside and we think they are doing it they're doing such a great job like and I simply just every day, like, say I'm going to meditate and then it goes to the bottom of the list and I never do it. And then there's like so much like shame or all these things around it. So I love that you brought that up. I think that that is so important that it's not just like a task. It should, it should be something that, I mean, it is like, I feel like it's like a mix of like maintenance just just so that we can just keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and also like it should be something that like we want to do like and I think that's the part that we're like shifting mm -hmm. that you're helping people shift is like it's not a task it's not a productivity it's something that's restorative that we're that we want to like support ourselves and we want to receive support and that's the part that we've been conditioned like no, mm -hmm. this is just five other things that you add to your to-do list <laughs> that you need to achieve today and you have to do them every day <laughs> if you don't <laughs> then this is not becoming a habit I have a lot to say about that actually as well about habits and routines like yeah they are they are helpful um, for some of us and they are helpful for many people in certain situations but I think that yeah I just have a lot to say around consistency <laughs> in the sense that like I know consistency again is good and it's good for some people and really helps some people but it doesn't work for everybody so I think that it's so important to kind of realize that sometimes we are doing those things just not every day and that is fine that's still consistent and you're still doing it when you think like it's a good um yeah activity to do or like something that feels supportive for you there are definitely also of course moments where like we're pushing our needs aside and we're not responding to them and I think that's different um but I, but I also believe that again it kind of connected to what we were just saying in terms of like feeling like we're we we're kind of shaming ourselves into the things we haven't done for for our self-care or most days of the week when actually for me, it's like, how many times does this feel supportive and like what's happening in your life? Maybe other things are happening. And of course, you don't feel like this is a priority right now because there are other needs or there are other things that you're responding to. And so this can't come in right now in this way um, because you're looking after yourself in a different way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it really speaks to like when you were talking about that, it was reminding me like, how you said like it it needs to look a certain way and then we start like making that into like some routine or something and I think that a lot of people just kind of look to people in like that they're that are like a, an icon for them or that are like an expert in this or that are successful and then they think like 
okay, I just need to do what they're doing exactly what they're doing. And then once I get this routine, this magic will happen and everything will be fixed and I won't have, you know, like, look at them. They're so successful. And I think like, it really, that's what creates like that pressure. It's like really what the self-care, like how you're saying is like understanding it doesn't need to be consistent. It needs to be like assessing what's going on for me and how I'm feeling. And I, I think that's where the, a lot of the shift is, is like, we can't logically like self-care ourselves into healing. We can't look at somebody and think, oh, if I just copy it, then everything, mm-hmm. like it creates this um, like precedent of like, I'm just doing the thing consistently because that's what I think will work. And I'm not actually like connecting with my body and like my emotions and asking like, what do I feel right now is the the best, the most supportive? What am I like drawn mm-hmm. to yearning for right now? And yeah, I love that you're bringing that up. Like all of this stuff. I'm like, yes, please. Again, louder <laughs> for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think if anything, like if any, if consistency had to be playing a part in self-care, I would say is asking yourself those questions. Like, what do I need today? Like actually checking in with yourself um, as often as you can. But I would think like it's something that we can all try in different ways. And then the answer is going to be different. <laughs> for each and every one of us and at different points as well as we discussed. Um, something else that was coming up for me, I, I, it's all yeah. linked <laughs> um, in terms of like, you know, what um, the pressure, I guess, into, um, yeah, self-care, <laughs> into doing self-care or doing more self-care or doing it a specific way. I think that Again, we are kind of taught to think of self-care as like, I need to do it so that I can be productive again or so that I can, I mean, especially like in activist spaces is presented a lot of the time. Like, you know, if you want to look after your communities or if you want to like, you know, make social change sustainable, like you need to look after yourself. And I think that it's not necessarily like, you know, wrong in itself to think about it in this way, because it's true that, you know, it's important that we are looking after ourselves in order to be resourced for others um but I think that sometimes that can like play <laughs> this um trick on our mind in terms of like oh you know you should be doing this so that you can mm. be active again so that you can be um you know you can be of value again as if like if you're just existing and not <laughs> in a good place or you know not able to uh, support others in a specific way or do something um, with your energy that is not just being uh, then you're not that there is this equation like you're not valuable unless you are made into being productive again in some way or another Um, so I think yeah that is also linked to this pressure of doing um, you know self-care habits and routines in a specific way or like to introduce it um when you're feeling like you're burning out because the objective is like for you to be able to continue doing things <laughs> rather than uh, it's it's okay in itself to be looking after myself and my body and my needs uh, and of course that's connected to communities and, and change but it doesn't have to be because of that that it's okay for me to do this yeah yeah I love that it's like maybe I do have a consistent like focus on self-care but it's like what's the intention like is the intention just so that I can get back to 100% and I can start being highly productive again and then I burn out and now I'm like in my self-care period and it's like a weird cycle where it's it's not sustainable or like actually supporting you in the best way it's it's like how can I get back to push myself to the limit again and then keep the cycle going as opposed to like how can I like feel good most of the time with this practice that I do regularly yeah I love that like the intention really looking at the intention that was a big thing for me when I started doing stuff like I I realized like my intention was like oh because I want to do what other people are doing because it's successful I'm going to try this and that and that and it's like no, just like listen to what you need or like hearing like, oh, this is what self-care looks like. And then I would feel like, as I started asking myself more, it's like, oh, well, I want to 
like go to the beach and swim. And I'm like, well, that's not resting. Like that's not relaxing. So that simply cannot be self-care, you know, like those, all these things that we're taught. And then I was like, no, like that's me as a person, like being in those, being in nature, doing physical activity or like exploring that's restorative for me. And that really helped me to like break that mold of like, kind of like your definition. It's like, there's no mold. It's just whatever fits for you. And that was like a huge game changer. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, I've, I've gone through the same, definitely. Like when I kept going through these loops where I was like, oh, you know, I'm disappointing myself because I'm trying these things and they're not working. Or like, I, you know, I know that they really helped me and now I'm not doing them anymore. And like, I just keep feeling like bad about myself because I know that that's helpful. So why am I not doing it? And I remember that <laughs> I think like, you know, the big shift with this happened with the, during some of my therapy because she kept kind of challenging me around this and being like, but do you want to do it? <laughs> Is this something that you actually want to do right now? Because you're doing other things. So it's not so that you, you're not doing stuff that is good for you and and I think that was really important for me to hear because I was like well maybe I actually don't want to do this but I feel like I'm supposed to um do it and yeah and then I kind of started developing this approach that is like oh okay I can I, I can change <laughs> of course I change and like of course like I might be responding to the same need in a completely different way now uh, than how I responded to it two, two months ago. Um, and also, as you said, like we are very, we have different energies and like different kind of personalities and things that work for us. So like something that I might find helpful for grounding myself or to give myself safety to my body, it could work for you too, but you might find, yeah, I don't know, going to the beach and having a swim or like uh, moving your body more helpful than what I find helpful, which might be like, you know, being more still or like interacting with objects that, that give me that sense of like stillness or, and yeah, and it doesn't, like we might uh, achieve the same thing, feeling more grounded, more present, more safe uh, in our bodies, but in completely different ways. And yeah, I think that is, again, as you said, like, it's something that maybe is not talked about as much. I think that we see so many, like, you know, graphics on Instagram. These are the 10 ways to <laughs> look after yourself. Or, like, self-care is these 10 things. And I'm always like, no, it's uh, many more than that. And the, the list is ever expanding <laughs> and changing. Yeah. And we even see that, like, in spiritual or, like, witchcraft. Like, I'm just thinking of those graphics where it's, like, 10 ways to cleanse your energy and it's like always the same like 10 things like take a bath like use sage like stuff like that and I feel like it really sets this precedent for people that like those are the only 10 ways because like five other people are sharing them so it must be just these 10 ways and it's really like I find the more I just ask myself and the more I do like what my intuition is drawn to it's it I feel like it's more powerful because I'm like into it it's like something that I'm already on board with and it's not like oh I'll do this thing just because somebody else said and I'm not gonna have as good of an experience I guess or like it's not it's harder for me to feel like the cleansing or the shift or the relaxation or whatever yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> so I'm curious like what if so let's say like we're busting all these myths thus far we've been like no it could be whatever you want so what would you, what would you say, like maybe for next steps for someone? So they're like, okay, I'm starting to realize like maybe some of my like programming or my definitions or how I was operating was very like capitalistic or built on other people's conception. Like how can they start or what advice would you give them to start like unlearning that? Like how do we start mm -hmm. getting rid of that in our mind and our body? Yeah. I think like one thing that sometimes can be difficult <laughs> as like a, a as a first step. So maybe it can be like later on if as a first step to feel like a bit too much. But I think um, at some point in this process, it's helpful to like connect with your values. So like, what are your actual values uh, in life? And when it comes to self care, like, what do you want to see? Um, because then I think it's easier to see if uh, your practices are not like are in conflict with this. And it's also easier to 
like get inspired like oh if these are the values the core values that matter to me when it comes to self-care and when it comes to life in general more broadly maybe this is a different approach that I can take to self-care or like maybe there are some different things I can do so like it's like kind of reconnecting with yourself rather than connecting with values or meanings and, and, and concepts that are being kind of channeled towards you instead mm. uh, so I think that's a nice kind of first step if it feels possible because I know that sometimes can be a bit overwhelming so it might be like something to do later on uh, if that's the case um, and I think that then it's like kind of starting to uh, integrate these kind of check-ins that we kind of were mentioning earlier so either like kind of connecting with your body um, more regularly um, and like seeing like you know how you're feeling and like what kind of like your body needs and like how you might respond to that need um, and again I know that this is not super accessible to everybody because uh, some of us can feel quite unsafe kind of connecting with our bodies so there are different ways to do this so, like it's kind of connecting with yourself if like connecting with your body feels like oh my God, alarm bells. <laughs> um, so like you can just ask yourself these questions and like, you know, maybe approach them from a more kind of, you know, air element perspective and maybe journal on them or just like think about them. Um, but as, starting to ask yourself the question, you know, how am I feeling? What do I need? And like, how can I respond to this need today? Um, I think it's like, a way to start on learning this because you don't automatically go into oh I'm feeling like this so I must be doing this or like I'm not even checking how I'm feeling today or like what my energy level is <laughs> and uh, or like what's going on in my life um, and I immediately go to like oh you know I'm not feeling good so this is kind of um, by default what I'm, I, I should be doing so like opening up questions that you can give uh, answers to that are different like you know on a different day um I could keep going should I keep going <laughs> oh, I want to talk I want to break down what you said yes please I love the values because I think that it goes it if you have your values and you're working on them and you're constantly like referring to them or editing them I think it helps with the intention, right? Because if you know what your values are, that like kind of just flows into the intention. Because I was thinking like a lot of people, they want to be successful. And so that's why they do self-care, not because they're like wanting to listen to their body and feel like more balanced in their life. And I think that that if you ask your like yourself your values, you might find like, actually, no, I do want to feel like more peace in my life. And like, I want to like maybe value like breaking cycles or, you know, different things like that. And so then you can like reframe it like a big one for me. And I think for a lot of people, and I also saw like a thing about this earlier this week that like has hit on my mind, but I, uh, it was like a tweet that was like, you don't want to be rich. You want freedom. Those are different things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. when I realized that was a big like core value for me that like my soul, like just really yearns to have freedom in this lifetime like that has shifted between like oh I need to make all this money in my business I need to do all these things and blah blah, blah and to like I just need to like create a lifestyle that allows me to have what freedom means to me and like explore that and stuff and I think like that also shifted from like what I was doing in my self-care like I'm no longer focused on doing self-care so I could be high performing I'm now focused on self-care so I can feel more freedom. So I can like, like be more, I don't know. Freedom for me is like a little different than obviously everyone defines it differently, but like, yeah, it, mm. it definitely has helped me to like redefine why I'm doing it and what I'm doing it for and like all this kind of stuff. So I really love the values thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, like the check-ins, the check-ins are so important like I do that with my clients too we learn how to connect and talk to the body more as they feel safe and if it feels safe and and all that um and I've had clients who are just like yeah I just did a body scan and I realized I'm just really anxious because of the news that's going on and so I was able to like give myself this today because 
that's what I needed. Or I wasn't so hard on myself because why am I feeling this way for like five days straight when there's like all this stuff going on? Um, it's so, it's so restorative to like ask yourself and then to like hear the response. Like it's helped me with coping mechanisms. Cause I have like a tendency to like emotionally eat. So if I'm like checking in and I realize actually, whoa, I'm really anxious right now. Then I realize I don't need to eat that food because I just need to like take some time to sit with the anxiety as opposed to just be like, why am I so hungry? And just like (laughs) eating everything. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I have the same. So yeah, I think, yeah, sitting with that and like trying to ask yourself those questions as often as you, um, as you can, it's really important. And I guess going back to, to, to the values as well, it does connect to what I was mentioning at the beginning in terms of like, what are the roots of, you know, the meaning of self-care for, for me? And I think that that can be like the next step. Like if you look at your values, as you said, you know, maybe it's freedom and then like, okay, so that, what does that mean for my self-care? What are like kind of the, the, the roots, uh, the values that I want to put at the roots of my self-care uh, practices and approach? Um, yeah, and then you can all, you know, trickle down. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I wanted to like really mention is like time because time is <laughs> again, like kind of, um, there is two, two things uh, around it. One, uh, it really depends on like, uh, you know, our life, our responsibilities, our privileges, like how much time we have like outside of work. Uh, or like outside of responsibilities that you have, you know, maybe of caring for others and or like caring for yourself because you have, um, you know, maybe disabilities that you're working with. Um, I think that, yeah, as a starting point, we all have different amount of times available. Um, to like do this, to, 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 to focus on our self-care, to ask ourselves about our values, checking in, all these things, which, you know, ideally they require time for you to stop and like asking yourself these questions or like, yeah, do this kind of like work. And I think that it can be really hard depending on like what's your situation and like where the time that you have is going. Uh, so one thing that I, I, I like to kind of introduce when I'm like approaching uh, that, like in my in my situation as well, because like I, I do have uh, chronic illnesses that I'm having to like interact with uh, and mental illnesses and all those, like these are just examples like that will make the time um, that I have to do this or the kind of um, capacity that I have vary wildly on different days. So I think that what um, it's important in terms of like, you know, undoing the capitalist conditioning, one, it is still to acknowledge like the limitation and oppression that we are facing every day, depending on our personal situation. So I think it's important that we don't forget that that exists because it does. So like we, we might be in conflict with, with with our values so we might find that what we would like to do for our self-care is very much in conflict with what we can do because of uh, the restrictions that we have on coming from like system of oppressions you know so I think that in this situation so I'm, I'm thinking of time in two different ways one is to acknowledge the situation rather than you know (laughs) act as if it doesn't exist because it does and it's affecting us in different ways um and like still like trying to disrupt what's going on uh by kind of like creating pockets of time where we are doing this so even if it's like a very small bit of the day or like a small part of the week uh, that we are still kind of finding a way to introduce, you know, what we talked about in like a micro way. Um, and I'm saying this because like, even if it's a small thing, or like a small part of your day, it still is disrupting the kind of going 
with um, uh, you know what the the system and what the external pressure is asking of you and also because I feel like that sometimes like big shifts and big transformation don't necessarily feel accessible when you're having like a lot of things that you're dealing with um, and so I'm always like kind of saying that if you feel like you're in a in a, in a moment where you can't make big changes <laughs> or like uh either a moment or like this is how you feel like there is no space for like big chunks of time being introduced to be thinking about your values or doing the check-ins that we talked about is like looking at what your life is right now and like when can I introduce like a small pocket of time to do this in like a micro level um so that would be like some advice that I would give like sometimes I, I feel like we have this conversation and it's all sounding amazing <laughs> and then people are like I don't find the time or like I I would love to do it but I don't end up doing it um so yeah it's kind of like reflecting on when you feel like it could feel supportive rather than again adding to yeah. maybe the pressure or the things that you're experiencing that are quite difficult so it needs to feel supportive and like it's generative rather than you know exhausting your energy or feeling like it's adding on um and then I want to hold to possibility for time at the same time because I feel like it's a complex thing so there is this which is like okay there is a very real uh kind of uh, limitation uh of time and how much we have um of it to, to do these practices and then at the same time we are we are uh pushed to think mm. that we don't have it <laughs> there isn't enough time to do this like there is always something more important to do or like i you know i don't i'm too exhausted to even think about this <laughs> because of what's going on in my life so i think that there, that there is a duality that can exist at the same time and one is like, yeah, this is very real and it's not made up. Yeah. <laughs> and so we need to work with it. And at the same time, it's also true that we are also pushed to think that we don't have the time to be doing this. So it is to me like still disrupting and unlearning if we trying to introduce these like micro changes that then can, can you know, if it's possible, might take over in a bigger way over time. Um, yeah, so I think there is this less acknowledge what's going on and also less challenge the idea that there is not enough time to be doing this kind of work. So good. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I, whenever I work with clients, I always tell them too, like, you know, let's be realistic about who you are right? Maybe you're, you're wishing you had like eight hours a day, but you know, like realistic, like I know for me, realistically, I would rather do the laziest, easiest option. I'm not going to set up like a whole two hour thing. So I try and work with how I am. And I know like, so that I'm not creating more shame and guilt, like, oh, I didn't do the thing again. And I'm like, you know what, honestly, like, I don't want to do things that are over an hour. Like, so I'm going to bake it in little things throughout the day that helped me. Like I, whenever I am on my walk, I stare at the nature. If there's a bee, I pause and I look at it. Like, and I really sink into that moment because I know like for me, that's going to be more restorative and more attainable than like stopping throughout the middle of my day and doing like a 30 minute meditation. So it's like really understanding how you work. And like, I don't, I know I'm not going to ever get on board with this long thing. And I think that that goes really well with like what you're saying around do I like physically have the time in my day based off of like my circumstances and my environment to do these really intense, like privileged time space things? So I love that. And then I love the, the other part of it where it's like, am I just thinking in my head that I'm not able to do this? Like that I don't have time because I'm always feeling like I'm behind, behind, I need to be more productive. And that kind of goes with what I talk to people about in our sessions about like that widening that like threshold, that window of like acceptance for your body, because it's like understanding like how we started, how we grew up and, and like what feels like normal, what feels comfortable in our body. And for me, I know personally, for me, 
relaxing, resting, never, that never felt comfortable for how I was raised. I was raised like highly productive, like a lot of pressure. So for me, like sometimes um, the self-care is like you, we mentioned in the beginning, like doing the harder thing where it's like retraining my brain that like, no, it's okay. Like it does feel really weird for my body to do this. And so that's why I think I don't have time for this. I'm just going to say that. So I never have to do it. And then, so I will create, like you said, like schedule those little pockets where it's like, okay, fine. If this feels so weird and foreign in my body, cause I'm not used to it. I'll do it for five minutes. Like body, can we get on board with just five minutes of suffering through this until it becomes like more like, okay, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm okay sitting still. Like I'm okay. Like receiving the support because like I'm retraining my body to like, it was only able to be in this little sliver of like, oh, I can only accept like pressure and shame and 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 all this stuff and now I'm like okay a little bit now we can accept like more relaxation we can accept like all these nicer things that I logically want but my body still needs to like have that like training and and like practice yeah and I think that's so important it's like connecting to what I said in terms of like doing the kind of micro (laughs) pockets of time and also the kind of practicing slowing down practicing resting practicing like being still for a little bit um I think those things again it it's really personal in terms of how much you might want to do that um but it is part of the unlearning of those um kind of yeah that conditioning because we are kind of pushed to be going 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 so it is kind of really strange sometimes when you stop and you're like oh not don't know how to rest or like I don't know how to be like just not doing <laughs> um and so I think yeah what you just said in terms of like just introducing it a little bit mm-hmm. little by little to see you know what's the window of uh, discomfort that you can take but still like trying to practice the you know finding meaning in just being rather than doing something yeah yeah, I freaking love that. So like as like a last question, what are some yeah. like maybe some like foundational like practices or maybe like journaling questions that people that you can recommend for people to try out or to to like expand their thinking around what their self-care practice could be Mm, yeah I think we already mentioned some and on top of those (laughs) on top of what we mentioned which I think is kind of foundational like starting to do these things yeah um I think something too that can be helpful is, uh, and you know, people talk about it all the time, but it's important, <laughs> is like looking at boundaries. So looking at the boundaries that you need in order to actually feel like you can do um, all the things that we talked about. You can, you know, respond to your needs in the in the way that you feel like is supportive to respond to them. I think boundaries is like at the basis of that because uh, it's boundaries with yourself and also with others. So it's kind of a <laughs> two-way street, I guess. Um, but yeah, looking into like, okay, now I know this is the way that I want to respond to this need today. And then like, I feel like often times we might be faced, not always, but in some situation we might be faced with, oh, but I don't feel like I can do this because yeah something (laughs) and usually that's a boundary that might need to be introduced Mm. so what I encourage people to do is like okay now you have an idea of like how you'd like to approach the situation what is a do you need any boundaries to go ahead with this uh or like what boundaries are going to support um you doing this or are you practicing this so like yeah really looking at how can boundaries support all of this like you know caring world that you're building I guess Um, and and I think again this is reconnecting back to your values so the the boundaries uh don't feel like conflicting or like um to uh sometimes they can feel quite harsh but I think if you connect them back to your values you'll you'll be able to create um yeah boundaries that feel supportive and generative rather than uh not um, and connected to this is looking at communication. 
So uh, I, I know I'm saying like some stuff that might be obvious, but mm. it is also some of the stuff that a lot of us find really difficult. So like you might know what, which boundary you need and then you're like, I don't know how to talk about this. Or like yeah. I find it really hard and like scary to be stating this boundary or honoring this boundary or like have this difficult conversation about how I'm feeling. And as I said, I, I feel like it's communication with others and with yourself because like you might have an answer to like, oh, this is how I'm feeling. And like, I feel very uncomfortable with this answer. <laughs> like I'm feeling overwhelmed by this. So like, um, yeah, practicing communication and like kind of like how to feel more comfortable or like find it easier to have those difficult conversations with others in terms of like how to meet your needs and how you're meeting their needs. Um, and also with yourself, as I was saying, like, you know, sometimes um, it's difficult to be compassionate with yourself or to just kind of stay with how you're feeling uh, instead of like feeling like you have to fix <laughs> or like get out of the, the the kind of discomfort that you're um going through so i think yeah boundaries and communication are a very important part of the, of the picture yeah. um and then yeah sorry i'm gonna stop sorry no that's awesome <laughs> i like how you mentioned like boundaries for yourself because some like that's something that I had to realize where it's like maybe I'm really good at like stating the boundary with other people but then I'll I'll say like okay we're gonna try and do this thing and then when it comes down to I'm like oh we can do it tomorrow you know like so I would tell myself you know like hey instead of sitting on the couch staying up late like let's get ready for bed let's go to bed at a good time and I sometimes the way I kind of like got on board was like thinking about it like how can I set like future me up for success like I'm I'm helping future me feel better tomorrow you know like I always see it as like me like it's like future me and me from the past like giving each other a high five like thanks for that you know like good job you know? <laughs> yeah and I really love that and also like with communication like I think that I've experienced a lot with clients and just with people like in general in my life there's a lot of like anxiety and like stigma around communicating and like needing to communicate everything right the first time and all this stuff. And so mm. people just don't say stuff because I've literally had people like tell me like, so how do I tell him that I don't really like when he does this and it kind of makes me feel weird. And I was like, exactly what you said, just say that. Like, there's no, like, it doesn't need to be like fancy and more and like a five page paper with like a hypothesis and like, like we often like what we're saying in our head or what we're saying to other people, like, I don't know how to tell them. It's like exactly what you just said, I think is good enough. And I think like there's a lot of anxiety. And so I always tell people, like, if you have anxiety about saying the wrong thing or not knowing how to say it, like, just say that in the beginning, like I'm working, I'm trying to do this. Can you be patient? Like I might not be the best at communicating this. And it like, it makes like so much of the anxiety go down. Like I have that with my partner, like, we push each other, you know, to work through different things and like communicating my needs and was a big deal. And so I was just like, Hey, I'm not really good at this. Like, give me like, you know, 10 minutes while I work myself up to say this thing. Cause I'm scared of saying it, you know? So yeah. like, I find people are so like more than not, they're like open to that. They're like, okay, cool. Like, I don't mind. I don't mind doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Whoa, mm -hmm. what, what do you mean? Like, it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I think yeah sometimes we just feeling so scared of like what's going to happen by saying these things like how we're going to say it, as you said that we yeah which has we hold back or like think that it's gonna you know go very wrong um and yeah it's important to just try and practice and also one thing that like changed things quite a lot for me with communication is like oh I don't have to have I don't have to have one whole big conversation about this. Like mm -hmm. I could talk about this for a bit. And then when it feels like, oh, you know, we might need to take a break from this and pick it up another time, that's fine. Or like we have a conversation and then afterwards I'm, you know, checking in with myself and thinking back about it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't say these things are important to me. And I actually realized that 
I feel this way about that and I can have another conversation about this um but if, if somehow I have this belief that you know it all has to happen in this one big conversation <laughs> and then that's it you don't have any more chances <laughs> so yeah yeah so much good stuff I love this conversation so where can people find you on the internet? Um, maybe like what's coming up? What are you working on? What like program mm -hmm. or thing offering that you want people to know about? Yeah. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Ambra Thriving. Um, you know, as a, that's my <laughs> like uh, inspiration. That's why I got <laughs> thriving after my name. <laughs> uh, and same and um, thrivingspace.co.uk from my website. And in terms of like offering at the moment, I have like a pay as you wish self-care hour. So we use like tarot coaching to uh, either like help you with a self-care plan or like something that anything that we discuss right now. So like maybe you want to work on your boundaries or you want to work on communication or a specific bit of uh, uh, your life that feels like important for your self-care. And we just kind of um work through that together um and then in the next couple of months I'm going to reopen my um elemental well-being program which is in your element and it's very much like supporting people to discover what self-care is for them and what it looks like in like different seasons and like with the inspiration of the elements um of tarot uh, as a way to like kind of get out of these boxes in terms of like what self-care is supposed to be or <laughs> we feel like it's supposed to be. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you. I like I want the listeners to know like I wrote like 10 questions or something and we we got through like three or four of them. Like that's how like juicy and how I don't know how thick <laughs> thick and juicy <laughs> I cut out I'm so sorry it's honestly never this bad like classic like no. sometimes it does this but not this often no it's okay I was, um <laughs> I was just saying I want like the listeners to know like I wrote out all these questions and we only got through a few of them because that's like how thick this yes. is and like how juicy it is like I'm like using my like queer references thick and juicy um <laughs> and so yeah like I I think it was just so I got lost in the time like I looked at the time I'm like oh my gosh it's been 40 minutes and I feel like we've been chatting for two minutes this is definitely going to be a really good like piece for people to like anchor into and I feel like a good episode to like re-listen over because I feel like we we do a self-care thing or we commit to something and then we forget and we need to reevaluate. So thank you so much for being here and for taking out your time to chat with us about this like very sorely needed topic <laughs> in society at this moment. So. Well, thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, as you said, it's such a pleasure to talk to you all the time. I'm just like... If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!